1: Welcome to the Syrupcast, Mobile Syrup's Canadian tech focused podcast. I'm Patrick O'Rourke, and across the table from me is Brad Bennett, a man who refers to himself as the bad boy of tech, but that I call Mobile Syrup's teen correspondent. Hello. Today, it's just Brad and I on the pod for the most part. How are you doing, Brad?
2: I'm doing good. How are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Still, still a little sick, but getting better. Yeah, a little
2: sleepy. It's our earliest pod ever. This is Which truly is exciting.
1: the earliest we have ever recorded this podcast, and I've been on many episodes of yeah. the SyrupCast. Um, we also have Aisha briefly dropping by for the first time on the SyrupCast to talk about some CRTC stuff and also go over, I think, one extra story that we've sort of uh, considered the hottest news of the week. How are you doing, Aisha?
3: I'm good, thanks. How are you?
1: I'm good. Thanks for coming on the podcast.
3: Yeah, no, it's nice to be on.
1: So we're going to hit the hottest news of the week right off the top.
3: Right. So one of the big things that's happening this week in terms of Canada are the CRTC hearings. So what makes these hearings so important is that they're going to basically decide whether further action is required to improve choice and affordability, which is obviously always a hot topic in Canada. So, they're also going to determine whether MVNOs should have mandated access to the Big Three's network. So, obviously, the Big Three have been arguing that if they had to provide network access to their rivals, it would impact their ability to invest in the same way that they do right now. So, lastly, the hearings are also going to touch on whether there should be, like, regulations around the deployment of 5G which is obviously still a hot topic in Canada with the launch of 5G phones and the carriers saying that they're going to um, launch their initial 5G networks later this year.
1: So what, I mean, I know what an MVNO is, but if you had to explain it on a very, very basic level to a listener who isn't familiar with the telecom side of what MobileServe covers, how would you explain that?
3: So there are a lot of like different definitions, but I feel like the best way to put it is like an MVNO is a provider that doesn't have like an established network. Okay. But instead, they'll um, rent access to exi- existing networks, like from like national carriers.
1: So they don't have their own infrastructure; they're renting it from Rogers, Telus, or Bell carriers that actually do have their own infrastructure.
3: Exactly. So they- it can get a bit confusing because some MVNOs do have limited networks. But it's not established enough um, in terms of like spectrum.
1: Okay. So I guess the only other question, um, and it relates specifically to how this would affect um, like the average Canadian, like what what do you think the resulting outcome of these hearings will end up being? Is something going to be mandated by the CRTC?
3: So right now it's just them, like the carriers making their arguments, presenting their evidence and facts. and. I feel like something that people don't know is that although these hearings were like the years in the making we're not gonna get like a final decision until like later this year oh, okay. or even like next year but it is essentially supposed to touch on like affordability and if the crtc does find that there isn't enough like i feel like there will have to be some regulations and obviously there could be like potential regulations around 5g just to ensure that, like, things are smooth and um, ready to go when uh, networks do launch.
1: Will that end up relating to the controversy surrounding Huawei in any way?
3: Um, In a sense, yes, but not directly because obviously Canada still is conducting its security review on Huawei. So we don't have word on that either. So we're thinking, like, possibly mid-2020 or, like later this year so that's
1: another thing that's still up in the air really. oh yeah definitely like going back to the
2: MVMO thing do you think like if this if it's mandated that MVMOs can get access to the network for cheaper right that's sort of the goal is that
3: um essentially yeah just a more like wide coverage
2: so if they get this wider coverage do you think it actually helps like the competitive aspect of the canadian like for consumers do plans go down essentially would be like the bottom boil of that question
3: So, that is, if it was uh, mandated, that is what is essentially supposed to be the goal. But there Mm -hmm. are like two sides to it. Like, for instance, Freedom said that if they had to compete with, say, like PC Mobile, who doesn't have infrastructure, but instead got access to like um, the big three's network, it'd be difficult for them to compete with um, customers because although they do have infrastructure, it's hard for them to kind of compete with someone that can just enter and exit the market as they please mm-hmm. that's like the resellers like pc mobile
2: do you think there's like some sort of price point that they get hit that sort of appeases everybody
3: i don't think we've kind of they've kind of like decided on a price point yet that's mm-hmm. obviously i feel like would come after the hearings finish um in terms of like the uh, crtc like Looking at the findings and evidence and determining if there is like a price point that they could hit
1: Okay from the competition bureau's perspective is the goal To make freedom like a viable national fourth carrier. Is that like part of the point of the hearings in any way?
3: um That is one part of it because obviously freedom is trying to expand its coverage and essentially try to eventually become a fourth carrier but that's why they argue that that wouldn't be possible if um, they're competing with other MVNOs that have access to the big three but aren't investing in infrastructure.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: Freedom does invest in infrastructure. They mm-hmm. um, Throughout like their uh, hearing, they did say that they've invested billions and that they're expanding. In I think the last 18 months, they expand to 20 cities. So they are say, trying yeah. to expand. So the competition bureaus... Um, Sorry, uh, there the competition bureau's model would benefit Freedom, but the CRTC's model would not, because okay. that would put it on a level playing field for um, resellers as well. So that would kind of hinder Freedom's growth.
2: Okay, I guess Just my last question is: Do does any of this relate to the like uh, government's mandate to lower cell phone prices by like what was it like twenty percent or eighteen percent or something?
3: I believe it was 25%. 25%. I could be wrong.
2: But does this sort of like tie into that? Like is this, you know, hand in hand, everyone's working together to lower cell phone prices or is this like the CRTs trying to lower them and so is the liberal government and so is the competition bureau or is this all sort of like one collective effort? Does that...
3: Um, I would say yes and no in the sense that... So the mobile wireless hearings that are happening right now Mm -hmm. um, were announced like last year I believe Trudeau made his statement like during the election campaign so mm-hmm. that did come after but obviously it is like a collective like the government is pressuring the CRTC to kind of have regulations that would lower prices so it does go hand in hand but I would say that the government um, saying that they wanted the Trudeau government saying that they want to uh, reduce prices did come after
1: Mm -hmm. It is 25%. I just double-checked. Okay. And I remember the last time I was writing about it, like
2: one of the things that they were looking at was like MVMOs. Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of where I was wondering if they were like linked.
3: Yeah. So just to touch on that, um, as part of um, Innovation Minister Navdeep Bain's mandate letter, he was required to look into mandating MVMOs if there's like no other way to lower prices. So Mm -hmm. I guess it does go hand in hand, but it is just like a collective um, push on the big three. And... Other providers to kind of get to a price point that is appealing to Canadians.
1: I think one of the things that I find the most compelling about these hearings is it's stuff that will directly affect customers eventually.
3: Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't
1: think that that's always the case with CRTC stuff. So um, I think that's enough CRTC talk. What else do you have for us, Asia?
3: Right. So kind of switching gears here. Another topic that was kind of hot over the weekend in Canada was the Tesla Model Y that was spotted in Sudbury. So I think what was interesting about this one and what made it different from the one that uh, we saw in Toronto a few weeks back was that this one was like bearing the brunt of the Canadian winter. I think it was like negative 20 degrees Celsius in Sudbury during the day and then like negative 30 overnight. So it was covered in like snow and salt, which like kind of made us think that it was likely being tested in cold winter conditions brad i know you know a bit more about this uh, mm. particular vehicle
1: i could know you- nothing about <laughs> automotive or electric vehicles
2: uh, i mean i don't know like the overarching like i'm not in tesla's head or any automaker's head but and yeah it definitely could have been like winter testing i mean that's what everybody seems to think the only part with that is i'm just like curious how much winter testing would they really have to do like I guess that would make sense why they're doing it now because A, it's winter and B, the release is supposed to be sometime around April for the first like wave of well, you, them.
1: You were talking about it yesterday, right? Um, um, I, I know that cold weather is a point of contention for people yeah. that talk about electric cars. How, how much does that truly matter? Like how much does cold weather really ch- change how much a vehicle is going to last or how many miles it's going to get? so i don't know the specifics i don't think it's a hard and fast number though
2: i i like i do no i've never driven an electric vehicle in the winter for an extended period of time um or in the, in the winter at all but essentially from what i can gather from what i've learned is that like the heater plays the biggest detriment like running the heater oh, okay. all the time is like draining the battery so i guess they need to test those things but the thing i was kind of getting at is like Tesla already has three vehicles on the market that have already kind of been tested in winter. And I think the Model Y is built on a very similar platform to Model 3. So I don't know how much winter testing. I think they're just out and about, just like driving them because the release is so imminent.
1: Maybe Elon Musk just wanted to go on vacation to Sudbury.
2: Yeah, probably. I bet you he loves Sudbury. He's, he, it, nickel City, is that the
1: Yeah, they have man? like a giant nickel there. Yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to go see the big nickel. and He sure. drove all the way up there in his Tesla Model Y.
2: He's not even driving the Model Y. He should have brought the truck. Oh, God, the Cybertruck. But, yeah, I think it's exciting. I think, like, the biggest thing that this foreshadows is, like, winter testing or not, which is exciting. But I think is that, you know, they're coming. The Model Ys are, like, almost here. I think the I can't remember off the top of my head, but I want to say it's, like, the all-wheel drive, like, extended range model is, like, coming first. And, like, when Tesla did their earnings calls or earnings call, like, a month or so ago, they said it was coming early. So it should be here soon. And that's, I guess people who ordered them can look forward to that. Everyone else is, you know, just living their normal lives. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. This is supposed to be like a big game changing car for the company because
1: it's like their cheaper crossover, which is like North Americans, bread and butter. So we'll see what happens. Cool. I think that's a good place to wrap up the news section. Thanks for dropping by Aisha. All right, we're back. No more CRTC talk. It's time for me to gush about the Galaxy Z Flip. Wow. So a little bit of inside baseball. I got the phone on Friday. Friday um, at 8 p.m. At 8 p.m. And I had a very, very short loaner period with the device. I had to return it to Samsung by uh, Tuesday Tuesday morning, morning, which I did. Um, Super thankful to get my hands on the phone early. Very, very impressed with it a little bit concerned that the loner for the review was such a brief period of time there's some chatter on the weekend amongst like us media that maybe samsung is keeping the review periods short intentionally so that nothing goes wrong with the phones
2: i think they had to play this one close to the chest just because of how disastrous the fold was they got yeah. they got to like pull out all the like pr stops so they're like you only have a few days with the phone and yeah, here's a bunch like we've been to or actually, we haven't, but regular media has been to PR events already that have had the phone, but not yep. getting to take them home. Uh, we have the, like, the one tonight where it's like we get to go hands-on with the phone for a few hours, but we don't get to keep it again. So it's like they're playing this one close to the chest, which is probably smart. But like for you know the consumers, it's like we can't really give you a super accurate... Yeah,
1: i am told I'm told I'll get one again mm-hmm. in, in the future um and that the short loan period was related to like limited devices and they need to get them out to more media which is 100% understandable. Um I'm not going to be doing a full review because I've only had the phone for 3 days. We don't have like any stringent rules about like how long you need to use a device before you review it at Mobile syrup, but I felt like like, I, you need it for I, long enough to feel comfortable for this kind of device.
2: And yeah. I think, yeah, it varies on the phone. Something like Fold or the Flip or something really new and exciting and, and with a lot of potential to break, I think you need a good period of time. But, like, you know, something like an iterative update to an iPhone or something, you, you could take a little less time because, you know, there's less to unpack.
1: Like, I've done iPhone reviews after three days. Mm hmm.
2: But it's like, there's only one new feature. There's a camera's new. You get yeah. to compare the two cameras. The battery lasts a little longer. You're like, okay, well, we've learned with the iPhone. The flip is like, how do I even use this device? How do I incorporate this into my life? It's so, so cool.
1: But I'll have something on the site by, I think, Friday for when this podcast goes up. Um, we're recording earlier in the week. And I think it's just going to be like my experience with the phone over the weekend. Like I, yeah. I had, I was shocked at how solid it feels. The hinge feels great. Um, I spent much of the week in just opening and closing the phone repeatedly. Mm-hmm. The screen feels vastly improved over the uh, the fold. The I you you went to the fold event with me, yep. and I think you saw it when I briefly had it uh, a review unit before. Samsung took it, so it was plasticky. To back. It was plasticky, like. Worse than old
2: Android phones. No, like older Android phones, the screens used to feel really plasticky. Like the Fold was worse than that. There's almost
1: like a a blur over the screen is what bothered me about it. It was like a really crappy screen protector was on it, which Mm -hmm. sort of actually kind of was the case. Yeah. (laughs) It was holding it
2: together. Um, But you're saying the flip feels better. And in terms of like clarity and solidness, which is maybe not the right word, but you know
1: what I'm talking about? I mean, the screen itself, like the vibrancy didn't match the S10. Or the Note 10, mm-hmm. but it looked quite good. Um, I think if you presented that phone to the average person who doesn't see a ton of smartphones, they would they wouldn't have anything negative to say about it. Like it doesn't immediately look in any, um, I guess, noticeable way worse than displays featured in other devices.
2: Oh, for sure, it's super on par. Like if people talk about the Razer being under par. Or over par. I guess we're using golf metaphors. <laughs> the razor being not good, the and not like keeping up with modern flagships. I think the the flip does keep up with the flagships, yeah, easily.
1: I I mean the other thing is about the display, not just the quality in terms of what it looks like. Like it felt better. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that it feels like a glass screen. It feels somewhere in between glass and plastic. There's like a little bit of flex to it if you push hard enough on the display um samsung claims that it's glass i know there's some controversy surrounding that Uh, i think the general belief is that it's a mix of glass and plastic
3: my Uh, favorite tell me all about it it's the
1: best mix that's my favorite drink is a mix of glass and plastic wow (laughs) um but it feels good like Mm -hmm. i i wasn't disappointed in the display in any way um, the way the hinge works is impressive I like that it lo- it, it doesn't necessarily lock but it kind of works like a laptop hinge and it can like stick at different angles um,
2: how do you feel about the, the tallness of the display do you feel like it was too tall
1: and No, answer that question first and then I'll... So I don't think that the aspect ratio, like I know it's a weird aspect ratio. Mm -hmm. I don't specifically, I I could look through my notes and find it, but just... It's just taller than Just know that it's a tall tall phone. Yeah. I don't think the aspect ratio was the issue. For me, the main problem was the fact that it's top heavy. Mm -hmm. So you have this phone, you flip it out, you're holding it in your hand, one hand, um, because that's how a lot of people use their phones or how i like if you're trying to do the,
2: the patented cool flip tm
1: you yeah. it with one hand you could do that 100 percent. like wrist flick fl- phone oh, flip yeah. up
2: to the ear yes. hello
1: i'm busy yes but if you're typing with one hand and you have just flipped it open you you kind of feel the phone tilting backwards a little bit because it's top heavy like mm-hmm. that's where the camera module is i almost wish like samsung put some sort of artificial weight in the bottom to balance it out because i have I mean, I was a little concerned that it could like, I could see someone flipping it open and then the phone just entirely flipping out of their hand because it's so top heavy. I wonder if it's top heavy heavy or just balanced. Because if it was really top
2: heavy, it wouldn't be able to do, like, I'm not saying it's not too heavy, but if it was extremely top heavy, it wouldn't be able to do the sit on the table and fold open type of thing. Yeah, I guess. But I I mean, if there's like battery in both the top and bottom halves, that might make the top feel heavier than a normal phone where the battery is generally more placed towards the bottom in one chunk.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I like think that the, maybe
2: that's what throws it off. I think the battery is split between
1: both parts of that's it. That's
2: what I mean. So it would be average or equalish on both sides, okay. as opposed to like I'm holding my Pixel and the battery is like in this bottom two thirds,
1: as I opposed mean, to being the whole way up. And it's a taller phone. I don't know. I, all I lot. know, all I know is when I was holding it with one hand, it felt top heavy. Yeah. With with two hands, no issues. But mm-hmm. I was a little afraid of dropping it in yeah. in those situations. How
2: do you like holding it in landscape mode? Does it feel weird because it folds? It does. Did you ever watch a video with it, like folded at like a few degrees? I in? did that like, a, a lot. Little, like you're holding a little book,
1: like. So uh, I was watching like YouTube videos in a Saturday morning when I first woke up, as you do on a Saturday morning. Yeah. What else do you do <laughs> on Saturday morning? <laughs> and uh, I I would normally like just prop my phone up on a pillow or like shuffle the blankets together so that I can like make mm-hmm. a fake tripod, a little nest, and, and nest for my phone. Yeah. In this case, I just like propped it open. I don't know, ten degrees and. Put it there. And It was perfect.
2: But actually, and it worked. And yeah, that's because it's YouTube. You're, you're not worried. Actually, yeah. it's kind of like impromptu curved display, immersive it's Samsung true. experience. Yeah, that's right exactly there.
1: what it is. Wild. But I, I I did that quite a bit. Um, I mean, there's an instance too where I was sitting at my desk and I was watching a video on my phone. I did the same thing. I propped it open a little bit and and consumed content. I'm excited
2: to spend more time with it tonight. I'm excited to just like I want to be. I like angsty teen in the corner where people are like why is that kid always on his phone and it's like and i'm because it flips
1: well why would i interact with anything outside of this (laughs) one of one of my so i i was frustrating my partner with it all weekend because we we went grocery shopping Mm -hmm. for the whole weekend yeah yeah, i phrased that incorrectly (laughs) no i know um we went grocery shopping at one point during the weekend and I repeatedly kept pulling the phone out of my pocket and just flipping it like over and yeah. over again. Because it's so, and it, I wasn't doing it because it, I wanted people to be like, oh, look how baller this guy is with this foldable phone. It's just like so addictive to flip it yeah. and actually have it feel solid. Whereas with the Fold, Samsung's previous foldable, I didn't get that same feeling.
2: It, yeah, and there was like always these negative reports floating around with the Fold. Like it was, it was kind of like scary to hold because you were like, is it going to break on me? Is this a ticking time bomb? Like what's the deal here? But the
1: flip is seeming more positive for sure. I think one of the things that I won't be able to determine because I don't have the device anymore is over an extended period of time, like how durable the display actually is. Um, I'm concerned what happens when you get a piece of dust that is hard between the two screens and you snap it shut and then you throw it in your pocket. And that dust is like grinding between the displays. Will that, result in significant scratches. I saw some media that have the device in the US because it launched, I believe uh Friday. I think it was Friday. Yeah. Friday in the states. Um when getting it... scratches on their devices already. Do we know when it launches here? Do you... it, this this Friday. Oh, perfect. Um when this podcast is
2: live, the phone will be available. Who do you think is buying this? Who, who do you think is like lining up on Friday and being like I got
1: to flip so Samsung is positioning it as being like for influencers. Mm-hmm. Um, but
2: that's that is that a big market or is it just because like everybody wants to be an influencer
1: now? So okay. is if I'm is sure they're being gonna... into the
2: teens? Because the, the teens watch influencers
1: more than the adults, right? I, I mean I think I think they're gonna do like an influencer marketing campaign mm-hmm. because this is like prime for that kind of thing. Like you pay an cool. influencer a cool few thousand Samsung dollars. DM. Yeah. So I uh, but like I, I think it's for whatever Samsung positions it as. I think it's for phone enthusiasts. Like the average person, actually, I don't know because like it's a unique form factor, right? It. I think it's got to be a hard sell to the average consumer because of the price. It's true. It's a thousand. Let me let me double check the price. It's in my headline. I can never remember numbers. A thousand eight hundred and nineteen Canadian dollars, which is. Far cheaper than the Galaxy Fold by approximately 600 650 something like that. But about $800 more expensive than the S20. Yes. Which is a lot of money. So I I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to sell incredibly well. I honestly don't think that Samsung wants it to sell super well. They're still figuring mm. out this foldable thing. Um, They're getting better, though. I mean, I didn't think they would come out this strongly in round two.
2: You know, knocked out in round one or knocked down, I guess. They're back, They're back's
1: strong. And there's already rumors about the, the Fold 2 having, like, an under-display camera. There's, like, a weird notch thing that leaked yesterday. I think Dean wrote three different stories about Fold 2 leaks. So, like, Samsung's already, like, the the machine's still spinning. There, there's going to be another foldable device somewhat soon from them, um, at least before the end of the year. What color did you have? I, the black one.
2: Oh, interesting. Not the purple, eh?
1: Which was insanely
2: difficult to take pictures
1: of. Yeah. Because it's, I like, a black that. mirror. Mm-hmm. Pun pun intended. Whoa.
2: Ooh. Um, what else do I got in here? Oh, can you... So, can you explain the little tiny screen on the outside a little more? What's going on there? Like, it's showing the time. It's showing notifications. How? So, I, What's I wish... It like? Sure.
1: I wish that screen was bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way that Motorola handled it with the Razer makes more sense. It's like a more sizable display. Mm-hmm. significantly more usable. Um, when the phone's sitting idly, it shows the time. You can change settings in it very basic settings like bluetooth um stuff like that that's actually pretty handy quick access uh it also shows notifications which is kind of cool but if you hold the phone up to your face facing towards i'm trying to think of how to explain this you can use it as a viewfinder if you're taking a selfie you double click the fingerprint sensor the on button Mm -hmm. and it then shows you on the camera which like it works But it's such a tiny display. You can barely... Like, I have a picture of it that's going to be in the story. Yeah. You can barely see yourself in it. You don't even know if there's, like, enough headroom in the photo. Who needs to take a selfie that fast that they can't, like, flip that bad boy open? Influencers, man. You got to be on the
2: run with your influence. You need to just pop your phone out of your pocket, take a selfie, and and keep going. Because influencers never stop.
1: They have to influence the world.
2: Okay and is that it do you think what else
1: that that was like the only thing right now uh, I'm sure Samsung probably has a line where they're like we have more purposes coming in the future who knows if that'll ever come to fruition mm-hmm. but I I thought it was cool as like a notification thing I wish it was bigger I didn't find the whole like I don't take a lot of selfies I'm not Dean mm-hmm. um, but I don't think I, I don't think it was that useful for that particular purpose like the one thing that I thought was cool for people that are super into using front facing cameras is the ability to Put the phone's display at 90 degrees. Yeah. And then, like, there's a mode where you can wave in front of the camera, and it'll snap a photo.
2: I did that at the Samsung Experience Store. Like That was cool. Yeah. It is cool.
1: Like, yeah.
3: It, it is
2: really
1: cool. I'm excited to go
2: hands-on with it again. But Yeah, you're checking it out soon, right? Tonight? Yeah. We'll see. I got a few hours. Um, So, here's, like, a little hypothetical question. Dream foldable device. So, I would say you need to pick a manufacturer... And you need to, like, pick the features that you need in the device. And then, like, any add-ons, you know, like, the extra little outside screen, the colors, the features, the flipping, the, the stylus, blah, blah, blah. What's, you know, the form factor? So
1: I would pick Samsung.
2: Samsung is your dream foldable company.
1: Because I think, I mean, Apple has a history of, like, doing things Better than other companies much later. Mm -hmm. So there's that side of the argument too. But I think maybe you could even throw in Microsoft as this like underdog, you know, but Microsoft doesn't want to do foldable displays. Not yet.
2: But if Samsung perfects it and starts selling those displays to other companies, I think people are jumping on board.
1: I'm going to stick with Samsung just because I think that they have the most experience. They've released two consumer devices. So Mm -hmm. they've kind of had the. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking
0: in the wrong place.
1: borderline test products out in the public people have used and they've gotten feedback and they've changed stuff and they seem to be prepared to rapidly iterate um, because from the fold to the, the Z flip like that's a pretty significant leap surprisingly I didn't expect that mm-hmm. so I'd say Samsung um, what, what were the other things you know like just your dreams you know
2: front facing my, my metal, or metal build glass screen outside screen that's big giant speaker. so i like charging. i don't know
1: I, I guess you would call the Z flip like a vertical flip right uh, or like the clamshell yeah, design let's sure let's
2: go with clamshell
1: i i like that i prefer that over the folding out like mm-hmm. the the galaxy fold um i appreciate the size that you get with the fold but like i really don't want to walk around with a tablet in my pocket um so, so clamshell flip i don't like the mirror finish on the Z flip mm-hmm. i would like it to be matte Probably something similar to what the iPhone 11 Pro has, where it's not going to show grease and fingerprints. It's not going to be a dust magnet. Yeah. Color wise, I don't really like I'm not big on black phones. I would want some kind of color to it. I like the purple that Samsung's doing with the Z Flip.
2: I think it would have been really nice to see this in the blue color that the S20 comes in.
1: Yeah, I think that would look really good. I think all of the S20 colors, but matte would be cool.
2: Mm,
1: I kind Except of for like- the black one. I, I kind I of like the gloss. I don't like the gloss. I I, like, I don't
2: that. like it from the fingerprint standpoint, but like when the S20 looks clean with that blue gloss, it yeah, looks Yeah, that like one time, really nice
1: like at, uh, right after you clean it, two seconds after you clean it, where it looks nice, fresh out of the box. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. Um, so I think, I think that is generally my ideal concept of a foldable phone. I mean, the waiting, if you remove that from the Z Flip, that Mm. would be great. That was probably my main issue beyond price. Do you want it to be a
2: little thinner or do you think the thickness helps it feel sturdy?
1: I I didn't find it that thick. Okay. I mean, it would be nice if it was thinner, but I think it's something that's just going to be an issue with foldable phones, right? Like it's two screens sandwiched on top of each other. Like they're going to be thicker than your average like slab of metal phone because the simple fact that there's two displays.
2: It's fair. I don't know. I'm just like, I guess I'm thinking like, I just, I like how like phones look on tables. You know, if that makes any sense. Like I'm looking at my yeah, phone and like sitting down, I was like, oh, that looks
1: nice. Like it just like,
2: is very thin. It's very like, you know, minimal. I think they,
1: they're going to get thinner, but I, I didn't find it that big of an issue. Like I think in a way it helped the phone feel more solid. Yeah. It also didn't feel particularly thick in my pocket at all either. So I, I mean, they're going to get thinner like i said but i don't see it as that big of an issue
2: do you think like the cool kids in high school have these phones or will be you know you think like you go to school and you're like oh my god look who's coming down the hall towards us this guy is so cool and there's always has a Z flip
1: there's always like that guy that you think has it's the like, latest thing right
2: mm-hmm. but do you think it's like the cool kid or it's like the nerd
1: who's into phones you know is it I us or like, is it i think it's the cool kid the cool kid well like, I, is it I us or know. the quarterback like Quarterback's not buying this phone. <laughs> the quarterback still has a broken iPhone 6s with the screen all smashed
2: because of sports.
1: Yeah, because he's playing sports, right? He doesn't care about his phone. No, I like. I think that there's going to be a lot of people into this phone. I don't know how many people will actually purchase it. I don't know how many are even going to be available, right? Like, I think that.
2: Oh, can't you only buy? Can you only buy the Samsung stores or are the carriers selling it?
1: Trying to figure that out still. We don't know. Um, We know that it will be available at Samsung stores. Telus has confirmed that it will carry it like it's on its website, but who knows when it's launching. Mm. Um, That's actually something that hopefully like this podcast goes up Friday. We're recording on Wednesday. Um, I'm working on figuring out what carriers are going to be carrying it. We don't, we just don't know yet.
2: All right. Um I don't know if I have any more questions. Is there like one overarching favorite thing that you were like if you needed to like climb on top of a mountain and scream it to the people about the flip what you know what do you
1: want to tell them? The hinge feels good and the screen feels good. Like there's obviously room for improvement. It didn't feel exactly the same as a glass display, but whether or not Samsung is being um, entirely honest about the ultra thin glass and doing like quotes around that, yep. it still feels good. So I I mean I thought that uh, the display was very impressive.
2: Would you feel comfortable buying one? Do you think people could go out and buy this phone and and be comfortable? I know, I mean, that's hard to tell. I know you've only had it for a few days, but like initial impressions, you know, not telling people to go crazy and buy them. But like if someone asks you and they're like, I really want the flip, do you think it will last me?
1: I think I'd want to spend more time with it and read Mm -hmm. more about durability tests and whatnot. Like I know there's been some scratch tests, things like that. But my initial impressions was like, if someone asked me, hey, Patrick, do you work at MobileServe? Should I buy this wacky Samsung flippy phone thing? Mm-hmm. I'd be like, I, I think so. Like, all right, I think there there's, there's going to be devices that will um, fail. People will scratch them. The screens will break. Do you get one free screen replacement? Am I making that up? Was that a fold
2: thing? I believe,
1: so that was a fold thing. There's something along the lines of that, I think... Let me see the direct quote. It was a little a little strange. So Samsung um, says that the Galaxy Z Flip comes with a Galaxy concierge service that gives customers access to specially trained experts available 24-7 and in-person onboarding support. In addition, oh no, that's, that's me saying the in-addition part. So if you purchase a Z Flip on or before August 31st, you may obtain an eligible screen repair within one year of the date of purchase. Oh, that's pretty good. That's like early adopters feel safe but then it says and pay a oh. price of Canadian hundred and fifty nine dollars plus tax so free I don't, the screen repair yeah so it oh. seems like that's cheaper you get a cheap screen screen repair but it's not cheaper or not cheap 150 yeah. bucks
2: is still not what you want to be spending on a broken screen yeah
1: I so it, it's a little unclear if it's free I don't think it is I think you get this one one time hundred and fifty nine dollar repair and you only get that once ooh that's uh hmm
2: all right i mean the options are there samsung's doing its best i guess i
1: think i think it would be a difficult thing for me to fully recommend it to someone like i think if you're really into foldable phones go for it yeah you're gonna be happy with this thing just be careful with it i would need to spend more time with it before i could be like this is the foldable phone to buy um i think as with all technology like the more versions that samsung releases the better it's going to get this is only version two mm-hmm. version three version four that's when it's really going to hit its stride but at this point it's not just an experiment for samsung anymore it's a viable device and i think that's my key takeaway so far and that's like what the overarching theme of the story that's going to come out friday is this is like the fold was an experiment sure the z flip is an experiment but it's an experiment worth buying the future it's now Ooh, i think that's my headline an experiment worth buying
2: what about something related to origami Oh God! you know i've been dean. thinking about it, some way to wrap in being like would you recommend this phone to people that love origami but like i just couldn't think of a way to to do it
1: so dean was mad about the name yesterday because he says it doesn't make a Z. no i also agree because in the marketing it takes two man who cares <laughs> well what does the Z stand for what does the tennis uh the tennis stand for in an iphone name
2: Nothing. Well, it's it stands for 10
1: speed. Or is it tennis? or is it XS? It's, it's, it's 10, 10, 10 they S. use
2: an X, but it's Roman numerals. It's 10. Yeah. And I think the S is
1: speed. I think the S when or the they'd... 10 R. What's the R stand for? <sighs> Rickety old wagon. You see what but I mean? I like don't know. they just throw out letters that that sound cool. So, like, I'm used to that at this point. Yeah, that's true. I guess so. so we're, they, we're kind
2: of nitpicking here, but it's sometimes you gotta. It's fair.
1: Yeah, so I think the like. Also, it's worth mentioning that the S20s just around the corner. Mm-hmm. We should be getting our review device or devices later this week. Um, I went hands-on with them. You also went hands-on with them. Yeah,
2: our initial pres- impressions were super positive. I like the S20.
1: Is hardware-wise, is the phone I just want to keep holding. Yeah, know? Samsung makes great hardware every year. I think probably for me at least, since the S7. That's like when the tide kind of turned and they started doing their own thing and it wasn't just copying everything. Apple's doing mm-hmm. um, like the phone, regardless of what S20 device you're looking at, like they're all solid phones. I think the, mm-hmm. the 5g thing is pretty exciting too. If
2: like, I mean, like if you live in Toronto and you're like needing a new phone, this might be the one to buy because a, it's a good phone and B you can have it for three years and you'll still get access to 5g. Yeah. Cause sure. you can say in, in, in that years, context, we're, yeah. you
1: know, Just there's going to be nothing about 5G in terms of regular consumers being able to use it. And even like tests that we're able Mm -hmm. to partake in working for mobile syrup in 2020. Like I just don't see that happening. It won't be until 2021. Yeah, I think
2: if you have a a decent phone, you don't want to drop it for this. But if you have like a three or four year old phone and you're like, oh, I think it's time for me to upgrade. Like, should I get the S20? It's like, yeah, you probably should, because if you're going to have that one for three or four years, you want to be ready. You got to have that fifth G the secret g
1: the best g the best g i think the the thing that's interesting is like all three phones are more expensive now at this point
2: yeah that actually scares me do you think 5g phones in general across the board will be more expensive
1: I think it's going to be used as a justification to it's, charge more for them.
2: Is something I worry about a lot like in electric cars, you know. Electric cars just are generally more expensive right now. Will they ever reach parity or will manufacturers continue to be like it's electric now the cost is just, you know, a couple of grand more than the base cost of a car used to be. And I think is 5G going to do the same thing to phones or folding?
1: Yeah, I think it's it's two reasons to charge more, right?
2: I guess that's just one more reason we need the CRTC to lower our phone plans.
1: <laughs> Bring so in. the the just to put it in perspective like the regular s20 is a thousand three hundred nineteen which is nuts the s20 plus is a thousand five hundred and seventy nine and the um s20 okay i'm just trying to find it in my story the s20 ultra starts at a thousand eight hundred and forty nine dollars yeah
2: don't buy the ultra like if you're spending the ultra get the flip i think right right
1: yeah, that that's what I think I would be more inclined to do. I mean, Samsung's made some strides in camera stuff this year. We haven't really spent that's, enough time with it to know for sure. Um, it's actually super interesting. that's like
2: both of them are being marketed to influencers in different ways. One's like, this phone is going to make you look cool as hell. And the other one's like, this phone actually is like useful to the work you do as a videographer. And so it's weird being like tool and pleasure Uh, i don't
1: know there's like so there's like the 8k shooting um
2: yeah like if you're an influencer like that's super handy i just have that in your pocket i I just question
1: like how good that 8k footage actually is going to be there's limitations with it too like you can't have um super steady mode on so you're gonna have a lot of camera shake but even that super steady at 4k or 1080 is super handy like no, it's super steady looks really cool it's great at those resolutions i just mean shooting it like it feels like adding 8K to the phone is more more Samsung just checking a box. For sure. I don't know how useful 8K footage is to anybody right now. But I, but I think all the other tools in the camera, like the zoom and all
2: the lenses and the sensor, yeah. like the depth sensor and the fact that it can shoot like super stable video at a reasonably high quality and slow-mo and all these things is like, you know, if you're someone who needs to like take videos and pictures for your like lifestyle, that's... A pretty good sell, although eighteen hundred dollars is not a good sell. But you know those tools are there
1: to make that happen. I think the the uh, space zoom is a bit of a gimmick as well
2: for the full length, yeah. But I mean those like first five and ten make a big difference outdoors, and they retain quality. As, is that that's something enough. that I
1: need to play around with? Like I know there's going to be a sweet spot in there mm-hmm. where uh, quality and zoom like it it kind of balances out. But during that like half hour that we played around with the phones, I just couldn't really find it in that brief period of time i think it's cool that a phone's capable of 100 times zoom but like when they showed it to us and we're like what do you guys think of this I was like i wanted to be like that looks like absolute trash
2: i think it's like a good way where you can see samsung being over the top in a way that like apple or like google aren't you know like samsung's like pushing these limits all the time for no reason other than to be the first person to push these limits. It's the reason they're making the foldable phones is because they push the limits. It's like we have 8K, we have super stable, we have hundred times Zoom. And it's like, yeah, but you know, no one really needs those things. And like companies like Google, Apple OnePlus know that. And so they keep you locked at like two times Zoom and ultra wide, but still super stable because they are realizing those are things people need. And as long as Samsung does those things that are like on par with other consumer phones well this gimmick is just a gimmick but it's still a good phone underneath all that i think that's kind it, of what i'm getting at
1: that's what i find so interesting about samsung is that they're they're like just, a little bombastic they push the envelope they do cr- yeah. stuff that I, I wouldn't say crazy but like things that are out there with their devices that you wouldn't expect from apple who never ch- takes like any chances on anything really anymore well, they got rid of the headphone jack five years ago, and that was like... <laughs> that was another thing that I thought I thought was... Oh, um, yeah, none of these new phones hilarious. have headphone jacks. Yeah, and that was like a huge point uh, for Samsung during its keynotes. I still want someone to make a super cut of all the times they poked fun at Apple.
2: You know what I want? I want a headphone jack on the flip. I want to carry it around like a little square
1: <laughs> MP3 player with like wired headphones just so, to be like... Just to flex. That would be cool. So, I, I think that's probably enough about the s20 we'll we'll all have a story about it um eventually early march i think is when the phone is available march 6th so um i'll likely have the story on the site for around then or possibly earlier it all depends on like whatever embargo samsung gives us
2: thought the flip would have came out before the s20 series
1: that's what blows my mind we didn't
2: anticipate that at all i I didn't think it was
1: coming to canada first of all i thought we were getting it in like three months yes I, I thought maybe in the summertime they'd be like the Z Flip is coming to Canada by the end of the summer.
2: Yeah, like to bridge the gap between the twenty or the S series and the Note series. But no, here we are. Samsung's going crazy. Maybe they'll release the Fold two alongside the Note, and, and they will be like we'll just get these huge double whammies, one two punches for the yeah, next that's, couple of years.
1: That's true. I think I think that's the running rumor too, is that the Fold two will be revealed at the same time as the Note in the summertime.
2: I wonder how much those phones will cost. You think easily two grand each. Like starting base two grand, going the up Note, to like the three. Note
1: Plus in Canada will be more expensive, I think, than the Ultra. Yeah. So we're talking, I think it'll be like 2000, slightly over 2000.
2: Isn't the Ultra bigger than the current Note 10? Is that? Current?
1: Yeah, I, I, uh, 6.9 inches for the Ultra. The Note 10 Plus, I'm going to look up the size. I want
2: to say like 6.4 or 5.
1: I think so. I was, when I was writing my hands on, I, I looked it all up just to see so this it's 6.8 inches okay
2: so it's only a little bit bigger. so it's slightly but it's bigger. like essentially a, a tablet like they used to sell seven inch tablets well,
1: It's crazy when you think about it like the note used to be samsung's big phone yeah it's not anymore it's samsung's phone just, it's their other phone it's their other phone their with a stylus that nobody uses. business phone <laughs> business phone. so i i think the last thing that i wanted to bring up about the s20 series like there's three phones The uh, yep. the s10e which i really liked and john Uh, one of mobile surf staff writers was a huge fan of is a is a thing of the past i know you liked it as well yeah it was a
2: a really good phone and i think it was important to have a phone in that like size range
1: what phone of this s20 series would you want
2: from like brad as a consumer level because there's like two levels to this because of the job we take i'm using that cop out but brad as a consumer level the s20 i think like maybe the s20 plus how much more is it is it only a hundred dollars more maybe i could justify that
1: but so the keep talking I'll find the prices um,
2: but the s20 when i held it felt really nice in my hand like i don't have giant hands and it's already a big enough phone at like 6.2 inches or something 6.3 so it's already huge and it has basically everything that the plus has so maybe that's the one i go for but then again the plus is like a little bit bigger which sometimes i do like I don't think I'm going for the ultra though. I don't think I'm justifying the $1,800 price tag for what we essentially said were camera gimmicks
1: because the... We think like I I really need to sit down and use the phone. There's a lot of other questions about like, like Samsung does so much processing to their Mm -hmm. images. I'm hoping they've revamped that. Like I truly haven't used it enough to say for
2: sure that camera rebuild happened in the S20s as well. So like, you know, that's true. You're expecting good pictures across the board but you're just not getting 8K and 100x zoom. You're getting 30x zoom and 4K, and like that's fine for me.
1: So the prices are $1,319 or $1,579, and that's like the starting I think I'm prices. sticking with the S20. I
2: think that's big enough. I think that's about the same size as the phones that I'm using now, currently. So, so I think I'm sticking with the S20 because you get in cloud blue or whatever. I'm all in. I would go with the
1: Plus just because I like larger phones. But is it even that much larger? Like, you use a, what, a 10S Max. How big is the screen size on the 10S Max? So, the S20 Plus is 6.7 inches. I believe the 10X Max is 6.5. So, it's only, like, 0. 0.2 bigger. The Yeah, 6.5. So, so like, that's not a lot of difference. No, know? it's not. But I think, yeah, that's true. That's fair. That's what I mean. I mean, just for, like, the $200 yeah, for that I much get, more screen
2: real saying. estate, it just seems like... I don't know if I can justify that. Because what about that time of flight sensor that we
1: don't know what it does? Mm, I mean, if it really makes, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm joking. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't pay more for the time of flight sensor. It yeah. probably has something to do with like Samsung's Animoji knockoff thing. Oh. That's horrible. Yeah, I think the, I think the S twenty is the phone to buy out of this series.
2: But I think, I don't know. It's just so expensive. It's going to be uh, interesting to see if this works out for Samsung.
1: I'm excited to see. Well, not excited. I'm interested to see what, um, the plan offerings look like as we get closer to the phones along. yeah that's true too so i think that's a good place to wrap up everything let's hit the last segment so this is the part of the podcast where we talk about what video games we've been playing for once i'm not playing stardew valley this week i think i've had my fill of that game
2: you know who just started playing who
1: john he started playing Stardew Valley? Yeah, he
2: told me this morning. Him oh. and Jade started a farm on his computer. Oh, no. I might have weekend. to get back
1: into it. You can um, never get out. <laughs> it's like a cult. So I've been playing a game called Wargroove. It's sort of the spiritual successor to a game called um, Advance Wars. It was available for the Game Boy Advance, this long-running Japanese series where there's been tons and tons of entries on them, but only three of them came to North America in the mid-2000s for the Game Boy Advance. The game plays nearly identical to that series which hasn't had a new entry in years and years it came out last year i really really liked it but got stuck on a level just stopped playing it recently found a way to get past that stage um and now i'm deep into it play it play it to and from work every day on the nintendo switch Lite.
2: the nintendo switch Lite.
1: (laughs) if only this was like a real ad placement (laughs) <laughs> yeah
2: um so what have how, you been playing wait how much is war group is it a full price game uh, it looks interesting i like like um, it is not a full price game tactics based games like fire emblem and like the banner sega is it kind of falling in between those it's that
1: that kind of idea it's uh 39 for the physical copy
2: i don't want that is I, it cheaper to buy digital probably not let me see Let's what the just say it's
1: I, I imagine it's probably forty bucks. It's not a full price game. I don't but think it's...
2: I ever played the third Banner Saga game. Maybe I should just go back and play that. That game was really fun. It had the best art style.
1: Oh, I just clicked Buy Digital, and it wants me to log into my Nintendo Switch. Buy account, it, Pat. so gift it to me. <laughs> not going to be able to tell you how much it costs, but I think it's. I think oh, here we go. It's only twenty four dollars. Oh, that's
2: actually really appealing.
1: That's well worth it for that game. You think so? Yeah. Okay. It's a great game. Mm-hmm. No, no issues with it. They're, they're releasing it's either uh coming out this month or it's already released i'm not certain um a free expansion pack as well cool
2: all right yeah that would be a game i sound i think i would like so you're you're still playing Stardew valley um i am still playing stardew valley but i have been like this weekend i played like i don't know maybe 10 hours of red dead redemption online which is like what i was going to talk about just to switch things up although i have made over a million in stardew valley now the money is you showed it to me you're just you're just like a rapper 1.3 million and like 300 star fruits in a chest (laughs) being ready to be turned into wine um but no red dead online they had like this new moonshiner update that came out i don't know a month ago maybe a month and a half ago where essentially, you can start like a moonshine business. And I was like, that sounds fun. So I've been uh, just playing that again and doing like the online story mode and some of those missions, and it's been enjoyable. I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad that I'm spending more time with that game because I didn't like it. I bought it full price. It was expensive. So did I. Only really paid the story, which I I like. Put my you head- finished it, didn't you? I yeah, but I put my head down and didn't do any of the side missions. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go with like the mindset of knowing that I don't play video games as much at that time i wasn't playing a super a lot i've been playing a lot lately but i wasn't playing video games a lot and so big long story like, games like that are hard to get through so it's like i'm gonna focus completely on the story get through it because like that's you know or i think the meat is in this game is just like getting the really awesome narrative so i just like didn't really do many of the side missions and barreled through it and enjoyed it um and then i never really played it again and here we are i'm just trying to get into online
1: that's a game i've wanted to get back into for some time i don't know if i ever will because it's so the
2: online has its own like story mode oh okay. and it is and like there is something super fun like when you're just like oh i got this wagon of supplies i gotta bring it back to the thing for the mission and then like, would like a real kind of person shows up and it's like cool. no you're not bringing that back i'm bringing it back and then you get it and like you, you respond nearby so you're like fighting over this wagon with someone in real life and it just like happens out of nowhere and those experiences are like really really fun like i was playing the other night and it was just like this dude came up and was just like kept killing me trying to steal my wagon and we had like this huge fight and i was taking the wagon through the woods like trying to escape it like sounds awesome it was foggy it was at night it was like i was like i gotta hide it was really fun and you're like trying to think and it's it's more fun to have those fights against
1: real people than computers maybe i'll have to get uh get back into it at some point i also want to start playing um i bought the apex Seasons pass oh yeah but i just haven't like for whatever reason i just haven't played it yeah yeah that game i'm so glad that it's free because it's always there yeah it is there it's like this 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 friend you can just come back to when you have nothing else to play Mm -hmm. yeah that game is a beautiful value and the Wargroove expansion is out already i believe okay um and it's called double trouble so there's some accurate information for podcast listeners not just (laughs) me guessing whether or not it's out Nice. So I think I think that's a good place to wrap it up. Thanks for listening to the SyrupCast. Be sure to drop us a five star review on iTunes. You'll also notice, once again, that we've changed up the format of the podcast. We've changed things a little more this week as well. I think we're ironing. We're starting to get yeah. the, most of the wrinkles out, I hope. I think I think we're we've pretty much set on a format for how things are gonna flow. Um, if listeners have suggestions or ideas, even for segments, content suggestions, yeah. like
2: we want to know like what kind of stuff you guys want to listen to, you know, like send us, tweet us or send us emails and just be like, you know, like, I like it when you talk about this and I, you, know, can you get someone on to learn about that? And we can try and get guests and we can, you know, work with you guys to build the, the, the podcasting experience that everyone needs.
1: Yeah. We have big plans for 2020 with the Serbcast. I think you're going to hear a lot of guests, um, hopefully in the coming weeks yeah so let us know um i think twitter is the easiest way to reach out to us yeah so yeah um you can find me on twitter at, at patrick underscore O'Rourke, and of course on com. brad where can people find you
2: you can find me just about everywhere at the brad fad and uh yeah com. and like i said you can reach out we have like a contact us page there i think it's easy if you look at it on desktop to find that along the top and all our emails are there you know we're we're not hiding. We're out there.
1: You can talk to us. We're we're very very available. Uh, and I think so. By the time this podcast comes up, all of Aisha's CRTC hearing related content will be up on the site. I think the hearing goes into next week as well. Mm-hmm. So she's tweeting about the hearing. She's writing content. All of the stories are up on mobileserve.com. Um, but if you want to follow her on Twitter, you can also follow her at at Aisha One. And there are two eyes in. Aisha in her Twitter name Fair is worth pointing out just because that's not how her name is actually spelled. Um, and, and yeah,
2: yeah th- I think those are worth following. This is probably about the juiciest drama that the CRTC is going to have in quite some time. So like if you're interested in sort of like how cell phone plans get mandated and what the CRTC does, this is,
1: this is something worth following along with. Definitely. She's been doing some great reporting on it. Definitely. So that's a good place to wrap it up. You can find all of our content at mobileserve.com. And also follow Mobile Syrup on Instagram and Twitter at at Mobile Syrup.